We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for tuning in to Ducks Digest. We have a big episode today to get into. Uh, the Ducks hosting their biggest recruiting event of the year, certainly in 2021, Saturday Night Live in Eugene tomorrow. I uh, wanted to bring on Ducks Digest writer Reed Tingley to break this thing down. You know, uh, Reed's really plugged into Oregon recruiting, and, uh, you know, he's been writing for us for a little bit now. Reed, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm excited to be in Eugene to actually cover this event in person, be back in Autzen Stadium and see some live football type action so it'll be really fun yeah it's it's uh you know anytime you get the opportunity to go back into Austin it certainly is always a good time so yeah man I kind of just wanted to hop on with you and you know let's just kind of preview this event right you know you got tons of big names coming in for the Ducks uh whether that be uh recruits that are already committed in the 2022 class which is tops in the Pac-12 or uh prospects recruits that aren't committed uh, at this point. So we kind of have some big names that we want to uh, you know, talk about here. So uh, off the top, Reed, just want to ask you, you know, who are some of the names that are standing out to you? Yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, it all kind of starts with the players that are already in the fold for the Ducks. I think that, you know, when you look at that commitment list right now, it starts at quarterback, usually Tanner Bailey um, coming all the way across country to attend this event in person. Uh, if this goes well, it's it's probably going to be a lot about, you know, people seeing his talent and realizing that they want to be a part of a class kind of led by him at quarterback. Um, so that's that's something I'm excited to see. And, and I'm excited to see how he plays in person. Obviously, I haven't gotten the chance to see that before. So uh, I think, you know, you got to start with that uh, quarterback first off the list. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I mean, I think that uh, not only is it good because it's not an official for him. So, you know, that's kind of like you kind of can book another trip for him in advance uh, down the line, I guess I should say. But, yeah, kind of just like you, what, what you were saying, you know, you want to have that guy who, uh, even if he's not necessarily the highest rated person in the class or the headliner, he's, you know, in many instances, he, the quarterback becomes the, the headliner of your class, you know, the face of your class. We saw that with Ty Thompson last year. Um, and, you know, after he committed, it was kind of a domino effect. Um, so not necessarily what we're going to see just because Bailey comes to, this one event, but certainly big, like you were saying, you know, have him be around the commits or other recruits, the coaching staff, um, just kind of have that energy. And then, you know, for, for pass catchers too, whether it be wide receivers, tight ends, uh, you know, running backs to a degree, um, you know, they're going to be able to come to this event and say, Hey, that's the guy who's going to be throwing me the ball. If I end up coming here. 
Right, exactly. And obviously the Ducks have kind of a, a full room of pass catchers in this class already, but they have a few more big names on there. Um, you know, another one that is, is huge this weekend is Kevin Coleman, the five-star. Um, that's, you know, at the top of the list or near the top of the list of, of recruits that Ducks fans are going to be really excited to see at this event. And I think that, like you said, his chemistry with Tanner Bailey could go a long way in, in pushing the Ducks into the top of his list. Yeah, the, the Ducks do already have a, a pretty good haul of uh, wide receivers right now. But, um, you know, I think they're, they're probably looking to add at least one more guy. And um, Coleman's right at the top of that list right now. Him alongside uh, Ted Tyrone McMillan. Um, I was doing a little bit of digging on um, – Coleman and I believe the only visit he's taken this summer so far is to Tallahassee to check out Florida State uh, he's a St. Louis guy so you know both of those trips are you know a decent distance for him but certainly big for the Ducks to get him on campus um, you know you've kind of seen the narrative with him about you know Oregon kind of being a dream school uh, something that's definitely been interesting for him and just while we're talking about him I mean I've noticed in this 2022 cycle the Ducks have sent out a ton of offers in Missouri um, you know, certainly I think kind of a state that is maybe a little bit underrated that I certainly wasn't giving enough credit for, but it's kind of cool just to see, you know, these new states emerge. And it's just another example of how the Ducks are a national brand and they're just all over the country looking for the best guys. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, especially when you look at Missouri. I mean, that's, you know, right there in the wheelhouse of Texas that obviously Oregon has also made a big push into this cycle. But I think the interesting thing about Missouri is that it's kind of on the border between SEC country and uh, Big 12 country, which now might be disintegrating. But, um, but I think it's kind of fair game in that way. It's not locked down to any program. Mizzou has struggled a bit in recent years. So I think there's some opportunity there. Obviously, Oregon also picked up five-star Dante Manning. Uh, I believe he was out of St. Louis as well uh, two cycles ago or, or whatever it was. So yeah, I think that's a really interesting push that Oregon is making, not only in Missouri specifically, but in that region with Texas as well. Yeah, I think I think Dante Manning might have been out of Kansas City. Oh, okay. Can, okay, Kansas City, I think, yeah. But yeah. no, yeah, per, perfect example. You know, the, the fact that, that Oregon's getting, you know, some of the best players from that, uh, from that state as well. Uh, for those that don't know, I believe Manning was an Oklahoma commit before he uh, ended up um, coming to Oregon. So Ducks are uh, making making that move as well. And then just to, to talk about a couple of the other big commits that are going to be in town, Reed, we got a uh, wide receiver, Stephon Johnson. He was one of the earlier commits in this cycle. Um, you know, uh, I've kind of gotten to, to know his dad a little bit and, uh, you know, learned a lot about, um, you know, kind of his Stephon's background, uh, Boogie's background, I should say, because his dad's also named right. Stephon. But, I mean, th th just a quick side note, I mean, he's trained with some absolutely phenomenal talent. Uh, I think, you know, I was talking to his dad the other day, and he was telling me he had trained with Derek King and, you know, other players that are at Texas, Texas A&M, you know, just major talent out of Texas. And I think that, you know, Boogie is one of the most underrated commits in this class. I, I don't really like kind of going into that narrative because it just doesn't really go that many places, but – um, you know, he, I think what, what his dad was telling me is that he didn't go to a lot of these big time, like fluff camps kind of. Right. So maybe he doesn't have the best rating. He's like, yeah, I know. I like the fact that he's not rated super highly because it just motivates him, but he's definitely one of the best pass catchers in the country. And, and I think it's going to be huge to have him and his kind of energy and swagger uh, at this event. Yeah. When you talk about Stefan Johnson, I mean, like you said, 
you know, any of those players who come from the state of Texas usually are going to be rubbing shoulders with a lot of successful football players um, in programs that take the sport really seriously. So I always, you know, like the chances of a guy coming out of Texas to pop once they make it out to Oregon. And I also think that with him, I'm excited because, you know, it's another scenario where Oregon was somewhat of a dream school there. Um, and so it'll be exciting for him to kind of actually make it up here um, and get to play in Autzen for the first time with some of the other commits. So that should be fun. No doubt. Yeah. And then the, the last guy I kind of had on our little list here that I wanted to talk about for commits was Sir Mills. Um, you know, I, I think he's kind of, I've talked to him a couple of times and he's an awesome kid. He kind of has a, a similar energy to, to Johnson, I think. Um, and, you know, just the fact that they were able to bring him on campus is so big because people, uh, for those that don't know, the last time he was on campus, he ended up committing. So he's just a prime example of, you know, when all Oregon needs to do is get some of these guys on campus and, you know, they just fall in love with it. The, everything kind of falls into place. Um, and, you know, that could end up, you know, resulting in a commitment. So um, I think that's pretty huge um, when, we're, when we're talking about kind of some visitors um, as far as the commitments go. So um, that's kind of what I wanted to, you know, leave the commits. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we moved on to some of the uncommitted guys? Uh, no, I think we can transition to the to the uncommitted list um, for sure. And And for me, you know, the next name that really comes off there is Cyrus Moss. Um, he's going to be a, he's not quite a five-star yet, I don't think, but he's trending that direction potentially. Um, and he's kind of that big edge rusher that Oregon really wants to land this cycle. Um, I think that he's one of the guys that Oregon is closest to getting or, or in one of the best positions for. Um, and it's a really big recruitment because obviously Kayvon Thibodeau is probably leaving for the NFL after this coming season, it would seem. Um, and I think Cyrus is the type of guy that you want to step in there as a real threat uh, to kind of wreak havoc in the backfield um, and pressure the quarterback. So that's a big recruitment and, and a, one of the biggest names for sure showing up to the event tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Cyrus is, uh, you know, definitely a, a big time talent. Uh, I talked to him after that Oregon official visit, which was his first of five official visits, um, you know, that recruits are uh, allotted. And um, you know, he just had nothing but good things to say about uh, about that visit and about the Oregon trip. You know, kind of a cool detail that sticks out to me is when he was saying he was talking to one of the staffers. He was saying, yeah, I kind of want to get a Jeep this summer, you know, kind of just a, a cool thing to do. And then, you know, what do the staff do? They take him out on, you know, the, the back roads and, and Eugene here with a Jeep, um, you know, on, on a, a kind of a cool ride. So it just shows, you know, how much attention to detail that this Oregon staff has when it comes to recruiting. And, um, you know, Moss is also a big guy in Nevada, um, a, a state that's really underrated, I think, and kind of emerging as another pipeline state for Oregon and many other programs. Uh, Sir Mel is coming out of Henderson. So that's obviously pretty huge. Um, we were just talking about Kevin Coleman. Um, Reed, I was just looking at uh, Cyrus's Twitter here and the two were kind of tweeting back and forth uh, saying, like, hey, who wants to play with me in college? So like, I think, you know, you know, when you're, when you're covering recruiting, you can't put too much, you know, uh, you know, value and things like that, because I really don't think it holds much meaning at the end of the day, but uh, that'd be quite the pair if they were to team up at Oregon. Yeah. I think that's probably a dream scenario for most Ducks fans to end this class. Yeah, no, sure. It, it, it definitely is. But uh, yeah, the, the Ducks have been involved with Moss for a while now. 
Um, you know, you talked about him replacing KT. He was saying, you know, I kind of see their vision and how they want to do that. Um, you know, I, I think he's interesting when you're looking at him as a prospect because he's super athletic, really quick. But honestly, he, do, he, does, he doesn't have a, a ton of meat on him. You know, he's a pretty skinny guy, um, you know, for someone in that, uh, you know, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", range. Uh, but certainly a body that Ducks have had success with in uh, past uh, recruiting cycles. Right, exactly. I mean, th- there's no question about Coach Feld's ability and, and the rest of the strength and conditioning staff. Um, so I think, you know, if you look at how, how successful he's already been now, still with a bit of a leaner frame, and you kind of project what's the potential for him once he gets in a, in a real high-level uh, strength and conditioning program, you know, the sky's really the limit for him. I think he could transform into one of the best pass rushers in the country a few years down the line. Obviously that's a ways away, but he has all the makings of, of that type of special talent, I think for sure. No doubt. So we got some, some big names that we're looking at already. Uh, we started with Coleman on the offensive side and then switched over to defense with uh, Moss. Who are some of the other guys that you're going to kind of have your eye on, or you think it's uh, you know really significant that they're making this trip when they are. Yeah, I think two big ones for me are, are Jaleel Tucker and Jaleel Florence out of Lincoln High School in San Diego. Um, I think they're both cornerbacks, and that is significant because the Ducks are looking to add cornerbacks in this cycle. Um, they don't have any committed right now. They've got the two safeties, um, but that's a real position of need for the Ducks at this point. And a lot of people, myself included, think that they're in a pretty good position for the, those two players, at least strongly involved. Um, but actually having them come up and, and take this visit is going to be a big step in, in kind of securing their position more so. Uh, and especially with the recent commitment of Zeke Berry to Arizona, and then I think Terrence Brooks to uh, Ohio State, you know, those are two big talented targets off the board for the Ducks in this cycle. And so that just makes it uh, that much more important that they do land both Tucker and Florence, or at least one of the two. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good situation for them as far as package deals go. We were just talking about Moss and, and Coleman. Um, you know, that's kind of just uh, early in the works. But, um, you know, especially with two teammates coming from the same area, uh, I think it's maybe a little bit more of a likely scenario. Um, just a little quick note here, uh, you know, Florence included the Ducks in his top three schools uh, back at the beginning of the month. Um, those three schools being Oregon, Washington, and Michigan. Uh, but the Ducks have had a, a great presence in San Diego, um, you know, for, for a while now. You know, Lincoln's been a big school. Um, the Robinson brothers went there. Um, Tyree was the one that ended up, uh, you know, playing football his entire time at Oregon. Um, but we got Grayson Halton also in the San Diego area. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be big for them to, to hopefully make some strides here in, in their recruitment. You know, maybe, uh, he just needed, they just need to get those guys on campus to, to potentially seal the deal there. Right. And the ducks also have been aided in their pursuit of San Diego by their former quarterback, Akili Smith, who's based down there. Um, he's involved in the high school football scene or, uh, prep football. And so I think that he's, you know, he's someone who's not shy about uh, his love for Oregon, his love for the Ducks. And I think that that's been a help for their recruiting efforts in San Diego, uh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice to have, uh, you know, an alum, especially someone who did that well, uh, kind of down there, uh, you know, pushing the Ducks along a little bit. Um, let's let's switch it up a little bit. Let's let's uh, so, you know, 2022 is the, the big group that everyone wants to focus on. But all the best programs 
are already making strides in 2023. And that's not to say that Oregon isn't one of the best programs, you know, when it comes to recruiting, but they have, you know, they got to get going in 23. So we got a couple guys that we want to talk about here, Reed. And uh, I think, you know, the first one that I'm excited to talk about actually comes from my hometown, uh, San Jose, California, wide receiver, uh, Jerion Dickey from Valley Christian, same school where the Ducks found Byron Marshall, who is just prolific uh, in Eugene. And, you know, Dickey got offered uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, it was, it was an offer that he was waiting for for a while. I talked to him after that offer and he said, hey, you know, childhood goal accomplished for now. But this guy's got an awesome head on his shoulders. He was one of the best receivers uh, at the opening when I saw him in Los Angeles, regardless of the class, uh, was certainly one of my top performers. And I think that uh, it's crucial for the Ducks to, to get in with him especially with him coming from Northern California, um, you know, a state that has a uh, well, California overall, right. Um, the state that uh, has been very kind to the ducks and certainly serves as a, you know, a building block for most of their classes. Right. I think that that's a big storyline with both the uh, with both Tucker and Florence and then Dickie as well, you know, kind of reestablishing Oregon in California because these last few cycles, they've, you know, they had a big cycle in California in 2019, I believe, with Kayvon Thibodeau and Mace Puna. And then more recently, they've kind of dipped into some other areas, dipped into Arizona, Texas, Nevada. Um, but at the end of the day, California, if you're a West Coast program like Oregon, you know, is the state that you're going to have to compete heavily in and win some big battles in. And so I think that uh, Dickey is a big name in that pursuit in the 2023 class for sure. Yeah, they certainly uh, got, I think that I was just looking at it right now. They had four or five guys from California in that 21 class, uh, Carbo being the most recent arrival along with uh, Jonathan Flo. Um, but yeah, so we had, uh, we had Dickie and then we had two more guys on the list that we wanted to talk about. And then we kind of wanted to just wrap it up with some uh, kind of uh, more broad uh, storyline. So you want to take those guys? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the first one off the list for me is, is uh, running back. I think he's a, borderline five-star maybe you can check that rating for me um Ruben Owens out of Texas uh he's a guy who has been going back and forth a little bit on Twitter with uh Kelvin Banks the five-star tackle from 2022 that committed to the Ducks also out of Texas obviously um I think that a lot of Ducks fans are excited about bringing in a real signature piece at running back um in probably not this 2022 cycle, but potentially in 2023. And Ruben Owens is really at the top of the list in terms of dynamic play, playmakers with the ball in their hand. I think that, um, you know, it's still early on in that recruitment, obviously, but him coming out here to make this trip shows that he has, you know, at least some interest in the Ducks. And hopefully if things go well, they can put themselves in the right position going forward over the next year or so um, to be, it right in the top group of contention for Ruben Owens. Um, and then the second guy I wanted to talk about too was Roderick Robinson. Uh, he's someone who's a bit lower rated right now, but I think that he has a great chance uh, to develop and pop um, in the, you know, over the next coming year as, as we see evaluations kind of catch up after the lull of COVID uh, with camps like this one and others Um get recruits getting a better chance to kind of have a more accurate rating being put out for them. Um, but the big storyline with Roderick Robinson is that he's also a teammate of Jaleel Tucker and Jaleel Florence uh, at Lincoln high school in San Diego. So I think that the potential to keep building that San Diego pipeline um, is very promising. And, and Roderick Robinson seems like 
uh, one of the next big names uh, that the Ducks could pursue in San Diego in the 2023 class. Yeah, when you're looking at the Oregon running back kind of uh, room, and uh, I think right now they, ha they have a great mixture of bodies, right? You have C.J. Verdell, who's a little bit on the smaller side. I, I want to say he's around 5'9", five, 5'10". Um, maybe someone can fact check me on that, but he, he put on significant weight, uh, you know, and is definitely in the 200, 205, uh, range now. I know that the ducks are working on updating their roster, but I say that because when you're looking at Robinson, he's, you know, hasn't even played a, a snap in his junior season yet. And he's already at six one two twenty, which is, you know, a pretty, pretty big body for, for a running back. So, um, when, you know, the ducks are trying to get a mixture of bodies, you know, you have, uh, kind of, you know, your, um, Shoot, what was I going to say? Thunder and lightning. That's what I was looking for. Right. You have, uh, you know, you have Travis Dye, who has a bunch of bursts. Who knows if he'll be back after this next season, after the, the last season they have is just so great. But um, you definitely want to have, you know, a, a big body that, that can, uh, you know, do some damage for you, um, you know, running between the tackles there. Yeah, I think that you, you mentioned, uh, you know, really well summarizing that Oregon running back room right now. It has been a lot of Verdell and Dye. Uh, and obviously Cyrus Habibi Likio before his transfer um, over the past few years. And I think we're on the precipice after maybe this upcoming season of kind of seeing a changing of the guard in that running back room and some younger guys coming in and, and taking advantage of some opened up playing time uh, if the veterans do decide to leave. So um, that's, I think that's an exciting thing. And obviously, you know, Oregon fans are accustomed to really high level play at running back throughout the Ducks history. So I think a lot of them are excited to continue that tradition in the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we're, we're already around 20 minutes here, Reed. So I wanted, but I wanted to take a quick, uh, you know, sidebar and ask you for your opinion on an Oregon football question. Um, I don't want this to come off in any kind of a negative way. Um, but I'm kind of of the opinion that I know I want to see the, the next great Oregon running backs, right. You know, we've, we've had Verdell and, uh, and die and you know run tote in the rock and they've both been really really good but um i just think with uh you know like we've seen some departures like cyrus bibilicchio but there's so much hype i feel like it's like the bubble's about a burst right when you're looking at some of the other running backs um so the, the question that i kind of had for you you know is how important is it for oregon to to hit at the running back position hit on the running back position i should say following those departures and who are you kind of looking at yeah, I think that I think that it's really going to be pretty crucial to hit on the running back position. I mean, it, it does depend because obviously the Ducks brought in two really good backs in the last cycle uh, with Seven McGee and Byron Cardwell. Um, and so we'll see how their development uh, pans out. I think there's a potential for Seven to maybe switch over more to a slot position or kind of a offensive Swiss Army knife like like we've seen out of DeAnthony Thomas in the past. But the big thing is that, you know, there isn't really a proven commodity on the Oregon roster after Verdell and Dye leave because they've, you know, they've been so successful and taken up so many of the carries during their time here. Um, so I think that, you know, it's, it's going to be crucial to hit on someone in 2023 because as we see, there isn't really a, a major name that surfaced in 2022 um, that's a primary target at this time that could potentially change in the future. But I, I think that right now that 2023 class is the one that is circled for the ducks to try to land a top level running back. For sure. Yeah. And I, I did uh, just fact check for you. Uh, Ruben Owens is uh, rated a five-star on two, four, seven sports, number two running back in the country on the composite. 
So that's certainly, you know, to get a guy, uh, you know, with that kind of acumen uh, on campus is, is super big for the Ducks. Um, so let's roll along. We have a couple more points we want to get to here in this uh, SNL preview pod. Um, I want to talk about the SoCal presence, which is so big. I feel like we've already talked about uh, Lincoln quite a bit. You know, that's with the two Jaleels and Robinson. Um, but let's talk about modern day. I feel like Oregon is on a bit of a hot streak when it comes to landing someone from modern day. I want to say they've done it for three or four years now um, at this point. In the most recent cycle, 2021, they got cornerback Jalen Davies. But it's just so it's so crucial for them. If they want to stay recruiting at the clip that they are to you know establish pipelines to these specific schools. And we have a bunch of guys from modern day coming uh, that we've confirmed so far. Uh, just in the 2022 class, we uh, we have – I hope I'm saying this right, Jacob uh, Kongaika. Uh, he's a big defensive lineman um, from modern day. And then we also have linebacker Leviticus Sua, another big body uh, on defense. So uh, big for them to be coming in. And then we also have, uh, looking all the way ahead to the 2024 class, outside linebacker Ramir Davis. Uh, he's the younger brother um, of, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Rajon, thank you. Wow, I just had a total yeah. brain fart moment. Read safe today. <laughs> Younger brother of Rajon Davis, who's at USC now. We have Kyron Moore Hudson, who is at USC after being committed to Oregon for a really long time. His brother, Keon, is here as well. So kind of just wanted to you know throw that out there, how important it is for Oregon to be present at modern day and you know just keep that relationship strong, especially in SoCal. Right. I think that, I mean, really, when you look at, you know, nationally in college football, modern day is one of the first names you list as the biggest programs. You have, you know, IMG Academy, you have St. John Bosco close to them um, and a few other big ones. But I think, you know, modern day is huge. And in the landscape of the Pac-12, traditionally, modern day has been kind of a pipeline directly to USC, a lot of talented players. Uh, in their history, I've ended up doing big things for the Trojans. And I think that if Oregon wants to take over this conference and continue, you know, to extend their streak of conference championships under Mario Cristobal, kind of uh, establishing roots in that modern day program is going to be a big part of it because you just know every year that they're going to have, you know, a handful of blue chip prospects, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a huge point to hit on. Yeah, for sure. So let's um, let's see what our, our next point was. Um, hopefully this isn't feeling too rushed, but um, just had two more things we kind of wanted to talk about. Um, just when we're looking at the timing of this event, Reed, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're starting fall camp next week. Uh, so really just at the tail end of, of summer, or I guess right at the beginning of the end of the summer. Um, it's just so important for Oregon to have this event, I feel like, because, um, you know, Mario Cristobal has made a habit of doing most of his heavy lifting in the spring and summer months season comes around. You can focus on the on-field product and then depending on how well you're doing, maybe even look all the way ahead to 2023. But um, I think what it kind of boils down to is you get, you know, the, the strong foundation of your class certainly have that with some of the offensive line guys. And then you also have, um, you know, you can, by doing that is what I should say, you can um, kind of, get yourself ready and, you know, buy some time to focus more on the heavy hitters, right? Those five-star guys that like to draw out the recruiting process. What are your kind of thoughts there with kind of the strategy at play with the timing of this event? Yeah, I think that, you know, this is the big event uh, really at the end of the day in Oregon recruiting alongside the spring game. And so it's important to time it right. Uh, I think that, yeah, this comes at a great point with, you know, those guys that we have mentioned, 
Cyrus Moss, Jaleel Tucker, Kevin Coleman, Jaleel Florence to kind of right as we head into their senior seasons, solidify Oregon in that top group and heavy contention for them. Um, and then, like you said, you know, the thing about recruiting is that it's constant. Uh, it never stops. And, you know, just when you finish one cycle, you're already building towards what you're going to do in the next cycle or two cycles from then even. Um, and so for Oregon, I think they've made a point of trying to fill up this 2022 class uh, or at least create kind of a solid foundation for this class early on so that they can start doing the kind of early legwork for future classes. Um, and, you know, that's what this event is about, kind of uh, building the Oregon brand and extending it from kind of this abstract thing related to Nike and the offense and the uniforms and the flash and kind of grounding it in the actual community of Eugene and the campus and Autzen Stadium. Um, because, you know, as we know, so many, so many players from around the nation uh, are attracted to the University of Oregon. But I think that this really makes that kind of dream school uh, tagline come to reality when you actually play in Autzen Stadium alongside other really talented players and you kind of come to understand what it's really like to or what it would really be like to go to school at Oregon. You're spot on right there, Reed, with the the whole dream, you know, narrative, dream dialect. We've talked to multiple guys that have made the trip out to Eugene for visits this summer. And, you know, we asked them, what's it like when you were able to have that Oregon uniform on and be inside Austin Stadium? And they're like, hey, it was like a dream. And, um, you know, that, that just uh, speaks volumes to the staff and, and the culture that they've been able to create and the environment, the vibe. That's all at play. And we're going to see it all at play tomorrow. Um, but kind of what I wanted to end it on here, um, you know, we, we've kind of speculated on some commitments, but, you know, for, for someone who doesn't follow recruiting, you know, isn't like a diehard recruiting, you know, fan, if that's the right word to, to say, you know, Reed, just kind of break it down for me without having the spring game this year, which is another big event for Oregon as far as recruiting goes, just how important is this event for Oregon? This is the biggest day on the calendar in terms of recruiting outside of National Signing Day, it feels like at this point. Um, this is when you bring everyone in, into town. And like I said, you know, they get to feel what it would really be like to go here and also to play alongside some of their potential teammates. So for the Ducks, I mean, the big goal out of this weekend is just have things go well, generally have people enjoy their time in Eugene, um, but also potentially to land a few commitments. I mean, I think that you could declare this event a success if you got a, if you got a commitment from Cyrus Moss, say, or Jaleel Tucker, maybe. I think are two that uh, Ducks fans are hoping for that are at least a possibility. Um, and like you said, I mean, Sir Mel's committed right on the O in the center of Watson Stadium when he was here. So we've seen this type of recipe uh, come to fruition before. And so I think that those are big names uh, and you know, like you said, those are kind of the heavy hitters remaining in 2022, the big targets. So just, you know, kind of ticking off another one of those recruitments and getting that, uh, securing that commitment will make the staff uh, that much more able to focus on the upcoming season and all of the tests that go along with actually playing the football games on the field this fall. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned Cyrus Moss, you know, he's a, uh... You know, unless there's been like a huge change when, when I last spoke with him, he was saying he's looking for, uh, you know, kind of a, a November decision timeline. I think he has a couple of uh, official visits. He, he told me he was trying to take, uh, you know, in the fall. I believe those two are Clemson and Florida. Uh, someone might have to fact check me on that. But, you know, you know, to go to your point on how big this is, 
maybe it's it goes well enough where he says, hey, I'm ready to shut it down. Like I, this is his second trip to Oregon this summer, um, which is so big. You know, uh, geography given Oregon a little bit of a, an assist here with him being from Vegas, but that's huge for the Ducks. Tons and tons of big names coming uh, into Eugene for this event Saturday Night Live. We have a running visitor list up on Ducks Digest. Make sure to stay tuned into our our site. Reed and I will be there on scene tomorrow to tweet out photos, videos, various updates. But huge weekend for the Ducks. You don't want to miss out, and you can catch all the action on Ducks Digest. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.